1: you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
2: Well, Matt Fellow Adventurers, I am back in the Demon Dactyl Tavern. I've jiggled that statue a few times, and now the portal in front of the do not open door is opening suddenly. The door suddenly and violently wattles as thick bluish fog begins seeping out from around its edges. You instinctively take a step back and look for a realising you need to make use, again, make use of the stone disc to seal the door shut. Without warning, a tall black portal opens directly between you and the rattling door its deep, steady hum, eliciting a profound sense of dread. Unable to tear your gaze away from the magical gate, the din of the common womb becomes distant and muffled as you stare hypnotically into the portal's inky, churning core. Enter the portal! With the portal's hum pulsing through your ears, you move up to the threshold of the magical gate. As you take a final look around the common womb. You're surprised to discover no one seems to take any notice of the portal. Drawing in a lungful of air, you step into the portal and are immediately swallowed up by the frigid darkness of the interminable void. And so begins Beyond the Do Not Open Door. So this is a semi-formal adventure. (laughs) It has a title but you don't enter it through adventures for this location, Link. Hmm. You st- You tumble headlong through a lightless, icy void, only vaguely aware of the eerie cacophony of strange sounds that heralds your descent into unfathomable darkness. Suddenly, the blackness surrounding you melts away, and you will led to find you are again standing on solid ground. In the centre of the large stone chamber, lit by the flickering light of several ensconced torches, an unsettling chorus of sounds that accompanied your tumble through the void has been replaced by an oppressive pall of silence. Several tall torches, ensconced in rusted iron brackets affixed to the walls, cast their flickering glow over over this large square chamber. To the north, east and west, tall stone arches are set into the wall. Beyond each of the arches, you can make out sev- the first several feet of a passage. A shimmering pool of dark water sits in the centre of the womb, bordered by a wing of low square stone blocks. Examine so the pool. Standing with a foot perched on one of the stone blocks surrounding the edge of the pool, who gaze down into the shadow circular impression. The dark, shimmering water that fills the basin ripples slightly, creating a dazzling effect that leaves you you find somewhat disorientating. So an item can be used here, but I haven't got an item yet. I can reach into the pool... A profound sense of rejuvenation throws you through you as your hand breaks the surface of the water. With your entire body tingling, you draw, withdraw your hand and step back from the pool. That's five standard points were restored. Which doesn't really help me because was already fully healed. Step back from the pool. Okay, I can go east, west or north. I'll start by going west you step under the stone arch and move along a wide corridor it brings you to a large square womb. A massive, closed stone chest sits in the centre of this large square tauntlet womb, emblazoned on the floor around the chest, forming a circle nearly 20 feet in diameter. Dozens of blue X-shaped glyphs. Apart from the chest, the cavernous chamber appears appears to be entirely empty examine the stone chest as you as you as you near the circle of glyphs around the chest the x-shaped markings suddenly flare to life each beginning to emit a fierce blue glow that seems strongest along their white edge to reach the circle you'll need to cross into the circle of glyphs I think this is a bad idea and will get me hurt, but I'll step into the Circle of Glyphs anyway. The instant your foot passes over the Circle of Glyphs, the fierce blue glow surrounding each of the marked symbols intensifies and a violent surge of energy passes through you. One damage! Shaken by the invisible blast, you stagger back from the edge of the emblazoned wing, gasping for breath and struggling to make... ...to remain on your feet... ...after several long, uncomfortable moments... ...having at last collected yourself... ...you retreat further... ...watching as the glue blow... emanating from each of the X-shaped cliffs ...swiftly fades... ...okay... ...suddenly... ...an ear-shattering howl... ...echos throughout the chamber... ...as a vaguely humanoid figure of fox ...suddenly takes forward before you... ...the being of mist... ...immediately surges forward and attacks... It's ghastly howls ringing in your ears. It's a fog horror. The fog horror howls wildly as it attacks and is slain. Five XP. A piercing howl echoes throughout the chamber as the creature of fog suddenly dissipates. Its fading remnants scattering throughout the torchlit chamber. To only a few moments, no trace of the vaporous entity remains. All right, back to the east. You pass through the arch, move into, into a wide corridor, leads you to the womb with the swimming pool. Okay, what if I go east? You pass beneath the ornate stone arch and move into a short passage. Takes you to a large semicircular chamber. Suddenly, an ear-splitting howl echoes throughout the chamber as a vaguely humanoid figure of fog suddenly takes form before you. The being of mist immediately surges forward and attacks, its ghastly howls winging in your ears. It's a fog stalker, and I'm going to bash it to pieces. The fog stalker howls wildly as it attacks. It's nearly dead, and and it is gone. Another five XP. A piercing howl echoes throughout the chamber as the creature of fog suddenly dissipates. Its fading remnants scattering throughout the Chortlitz Chamber. For only a few moments, no trace of the vaporous entity remains. Okay. Okay, I'm in the middle bit, so I can go east or west. I'll go east pass beneath the ornate stone arch and move along a short passage that into a large semicircular chamber I guess I must have somehow f- somehow ended up fighting my way back here during the fight a large wooden chest west atop a round five tier dais in the centre of this large semicircular room the foot of the dais a tall iron lever protrudes from the slot in the floor A tall stone arch set into the west wall of the chamber opens into a passage that leads back to the womb, with the shimmering pool. The the flickering go from several ensconced torches illuminate the chamber. So there's a lever and a chest. Examine the lever. The sturdy length of iron protruding from the lengthy slot set into the wall is shaped to resemble a thick tentacle. Ooh, the lever is set into the middle lever, position, particular to the floor. Uh, set to the left. A sharp snap echoes across the chamber as you, as you pull the lever all the way to the left. Right, step back. Oh, here's something. Here's another, an ear-spattering howl echoes through the chamber as a vaguely humanoid figure of fox suddenly takes form before you. The being of mist immediately surges forward and attacks. It's ghastly howls winking in your ears. It's a fog hole and I've no time for it. I'm just going to bash it to pieces. How's wildly as it attacks? Mostly in pain. 5 XP. Pain from all the attacks I'm doing on it. Alright, and it it fades like the west. Alright, what if I examine... The chest. A large ornate wooden chest stands atop the dais. The chest's iron-banded lid. Its timbers emblazoned with a large blue X. They keep turning up. Is closed. An engraved iron lock plate extends from from the front of this chest over the edge of the lid. A small keyhole is set into the centre of the iron square. What if I use my skill of thievery? Just what? What would happen? Probably nothing. Because it's a plot lock. And plot locks can't be picked. Because they're made of plotonium, which is unpickable. Or something like that. Can I open the chest? Oh, you make several attempts to open the chest. The lid is locked or refuses to budge. Oh, oh! actually I can pick it. Attempt to pick the lock. I need a fevery skill of what? Alright, I'll pick the lock. Your repeated attempts to bear, to pick the lock bear no results, leaving you to believe the mechanism is magically protected. It seems you'll have to discover another means of unlocking the chest. Yeah. You put that in, just, 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 just so you can So, why don't you just pick the chest? Yeah, all right, give it a go. Doesn't work, see? See, you have to solve the puzzle. Can't open the chest. Step back from the chest. Okay. Examine the lever. What if I pull it to the right? A loud click echoes across the chamber. As you pull the lever all the way to the right. Step back from the lever. Alright. This is a fog fiend. Yeah. It's just—it's it's like the other ones. It's Just slightly different names. And it is slain. Another 5 XP. Examine the chest. Alright, open the chest. No, no. Okay, Okay, maybe. Let's go west. Examine the pool. No, no, nothing to do there. Go west again. Here's a fog stalker. So I went into the western room. And explain for another 5xp. Suddenly. You spot something. On the floor in the exact spot over which a misty foe hovered. The evening closer you discover the item to be a thin wooden key. Which you promptly acquire. Thin wooden key. Encumbrance of one. And that suggests it's going to be destroyed. Because you can't, re- you can't keep ha- adding things with an encumbrance of one to your inventory. Otherwise you'll have no inventory left. Use it. To be extreme, and it also this thing, wooden key looks to be extremely fragile. Yeah, it's going to it's going to break as soon as I use it. I'll just use it now, so it'll be on the quick use box. Examine the stone chest. No, can't do any. Okay, it's a dim glow surrounding these these things now. To reach the chest, you'll need to cross into the circle of glyphs. Step into the circle of glyphs. The instant you step into the circle of glyphs, the gim glow animating from each of the symbols promptly fades. Make your way over to the stone chest. The massive stone chest is covered with engravings that depict numerous figures, some of them skeletal, in the grips of several monstrous tentacles. An eye, a square iron lock plate extends from the foot of the chest over the edge of the lid. A large keyhole is set into the centre of the plate. The chest is closed. Does the key I have just got, does that work? No. Open the chest. The instant your fingers brush against the lid of the stone chest, a wave of disorientation washes over you. Your knees buckle and you stagger back as you struggle to regain your bearings and focus your blurring vision. As the sense of confusion ebbs, your vision starts to clear, and you discover you're no longer standing in the womb with the stone chest. Okay, where am I? You've just been teleported. All right, I'm back in the middle womb again. Okay, I'm going to go east. Now, does that key work on the eastern chest? We will find out now. You attempt to insert the thin wooden key into the keyhole only to have it repelled by a powerful invisible force. Okay, examine the lever. Gonna pull it to the left. Maybe maybe now I can use the chest. Thin wooden key. Get you insert the thin wooden key into the keyhole and gently turn it to the white. Right. A sharp click indicates the chest is now unlocked, prompting you to remove the key. Open the chest. You carefully tip back the weighty lid and peer into the chest. Alright. Resting at the bottom of the chest are two curious objects. A thick stone key and a vial of shimmering water. Alright, let's look at both of them. Vial of shimmery water. The water that fills this small stoppered vial shimmers brilliantly and a thick stone key. This thick stone key bears an engraving along its shank that depicts a long tentacle. It's all about tentacles here. Alright, I look in the chest. Oh wait, oh yeah, I didn't actually take the items. <laughs> Cause these weren't auto takes. They usually would be, but they're not. Stand back from the chest. Now I'll look inside the chest again. Nothing is there. I'll just close the chest now. Start. Pull the lever. I'll pull the lever to the white. And then I think I'll be able to get to the western chest. Here I am in the western chamber. Examine the stone chest. All right step into the circle of glyphs the glyphs fade I'll make my way over okay a large keyhole is set into the center of the plate so time to use the thick key yes thick stone key use it the stone key fits perfectly into the keyhole after making sure it's fully inserted you twist it to the right Eliciting a dull click from somewhere within the lid, signalling that the chest is now unlocked. You carefully remove the key. Open the chest! With great effort, you manage to tip back the heavy stone lid. Then, exercising all due caution, you peer into the open chest. Alright. Resting at the bottom of the stone chest, you discover a small, jagged blue stone and a curious piece of sculpted stone certain that both may prove useful. You reach into the chest and take possession of the items. Alright, I've got a jagged blue stone, another encumbrance of one. This jagged blue stone seems unusually heavy given it's no bigger than a small coin. Despite the fact it's completely dry, the stone feels wet in your hands. A sculptured stone shard, another encumbrance of one. This jagged piece of sculptured stone is, without a doubt, Part of a larger piece, crafted in the likeness of a thick tentacle. After making certain you haven't overlooked anything, you step back from the chest. Alright, move away. Let's go east. Examine the pool. Okay, can I put the sculpted blue scarred in? No. Can I put the jagged? Jagged blue stone. Put that in. No. Okay. I can't use the keys because it, it's not a keyhole. All right. Reach into the, reach into the pool. Fourteen stamina points restored. This keeps going up. Hmm. Yes. Now I happen to know that if you keep that, every time you reach into it, you get healed more and more. But if you get healed more than your complete health, you die. Now, I don't want to show that because I really don't want to do this again. Alright, go east. Examine the chest. Open the chest. Alright, close the chest. Open the chest. Okay, can I use any of those items? Oh, those two, those it two items. That is, jagged blue stone. No, Sculptured stone starred. No. Hmm. Hmm. All right. Climb off the dais. Going to the west. Back to the center chamber. Okay. Let's go north. You step beneath the arch and pass along the narrow hall that leads. That leads to us to a large rectangular womb. Alright, there's one thing I haven't used. I haven't used the shimmering... Uh, I haven't used, uh, used the... Used sh- the shimmering water. Alright, All right, what was it? Vial of shimmering water. Yes, yeah, so I'll just put that on the list. Okay, close the chest. Move the way. Okay, going east. Sound the pool. Vial of shimmering water. You pour the shimmering water from the vial into the pool and discard the empty vessel. Now that must be the right thing to do, because otherwise I wouldn't be allowed to do it. That's just how puzzles work in video games suddenly 16 XP to general suddenly the dark shimmering water in the pool begins to whirl and bubble seconds later when the pool has, belo- has returned to its original placid state you start to note that water has adopted a brilliant blue hue okay Sam so in the pool more items can be used now Jagged blue stone? You drop the jagged blue stone into the pool and watch as the weighty rock sinks beneath the blue shimmering surface. Suddenly, the pool of water begins to whirl and its brilliant blue hoo rapidly darkens. As the withering water gradually calms, an image forms just above its shimmering surface. Staring up at you out of the pool it is is, is is the whippily likeness of the wooden chest you recently opened? All right. Suddenly, the dark blue water in the pool starts to weave and whirl. Several moments later, when the pool is returned to a placid state, there is no longer any sign of the chest image. Okay, east. All right. All right. Uh, yep. Here's a wooden, yep, wooden chest to the east. Examine the chest. Look inside the chest. Resting at the bottom of the chest are two curious objects. A small jagged blue stone and a stone tar that appears to resemble part of a tentacle. Believing the strange objects may be useful, you reach in and take possession of both. Sculpture Stone Shard. Okay, and I have two of them. After thoroughly searching the interior of the chest, making you haven't over, overlooked anything, you stand back from the massive stone container. Okay, I'm going to put all of those things in the pool. Jagged blue stone in the pool. You toss the jagged blue stone into the pool and watch as it rapidly sinks out of sight beneath the dark blue simmering surface. Suddenly... A loud, gurgling sound rises out of the basin as the surface of the pool begins to whirl and weave. You look on intently as the water swiftly and inexplicably drains out of the depression, leaving a shallow, empty impression inside the wing of stone blocks. Resting at the bottom of the now empty basin is a sculptured stone shard, similar to the others you found. All right, sculptured stone shard, I have three of them now. Taking care not to topple into the basin, you reach down and take possession of the sculpture's scars, which, like the others, seems to be part of a larger piece that depicts a thick tentacle. Okay, I guess I sculptured the shards. Still clutching the shard, you step back from the edge of the empty pool. Okay, now I'm going to go north. You step beneath the arch and pass along a narrow hall leads into a large rectangular womb. A massive iron door is set into the north wall of this colossal rectangular chalk lit chamber. In the centre of the cavernous space stands a two-tiered stone dais, along the top of which rests a woe of four sculptured pieces. An engraving on the floor, just above the wound's tent, depicts a tentacle encircling the X. The X appears to be perfectly centered Centered inside the carved tentacle. So there's a Dias and an Iron Door. Moves to the Iron Door, taking only a few steps across the chamber when you're suddenly repelled by a powerful and invisible force. You make several attempts to get around the unseen barrier, but to no avail. Perplexed You retreat to the entrance. Okay. look at the dais. Taking only a few steps across the chamber when you're suddenly repelled by a powerful invisible force. Make several attempts to get round the unseen barrier, but to no avail. You retreat to the entrance. Okay. move through the arch to the south. Go to the east. I'm going to set the dial. I'm going to set the dial to the middle. Examine the lever. Centre the lever. Door clattering echoes across the chamber as you centre the lever, leaving it perpendicular to the floor. Alright, back to the centre room, going north. You step beneath the arch and pass along a narrow hall that leads you into a large rectangular room. All right, move to the dais. You make your way up to the dais. The torches affix to the chamber walls. Flicker move momentarily flicker and dim before suddenly flaring back to life. You're standing in the centre of a massive chamber, directly before a short, two-tiered stone dais, surface only dimly illuminated by the torches affixed to the distant walls. Four stone Stone statuettes are weighed in a line that spans almost the full width of the, the tier's top plinth. Each, each sculpture depicts a tentacle wrapped around a different object and set into a circular impression. A fifth expression on the far right end of the statuettes depicts st- stands empty. Okay, examine the statuettes more closely. You study from left to right the full sculptures lining the top of the dais. The first statuette depicts a thick tentacle wrapped around a feather. The second, a tentacle curled around a cattered hook. The third, a tentacle squeezing a large eye. The fourth, a tentacle tall, called around a scot. Right, can I use the sculpted scone shards here? Oh, not here, not here. Can I use the thick stone key? The thin stone key? No, nope. all right. What about the sculpted stone shard here? No, I think head to the iron door. Make the torches flare to life. You're standing before a massive iron door, touched into the arch on the north wall. A square stone tile is set into the centre of the door, inside of which is emblazoned a line of three engraved symbols. An eye, a feather and a skull. There doesn't appear to be any readily identifiable means of opening the door move oh, back to the chamber entrance okay i think i have to reconstruct these stone shards somehow okay going east Examine the lever pull to the left all right examine the chest look inside the chest Use the sculptured stone here. No. Nope. All right. Maybe examine the basin. The, the basin, which drained following you, so your second jagged blue stone stands empty. Go to the west. No, nope. it's fierce glow. Gotta gotta adjust. Just the lever first. The eastern chamber I go, examine the lever. Pull the lever to the right. Right, central chamber, western chamber. Examine the stone chest. The glyphs don't work. Open the chest. Peer into the open chest. A faint stone chest is empty. A faint glue glow emanates from the bottom of the chest-sizeable interior. Use the sculpted stone shards. You place all three of the sculpted stone shards into the chest. Almost almost immediately, a dazzling blue aura surrounds each piece. The ferocity of the glow forces you to turn away. Seconds later, when you whisk a glance back at the open chest, you discover that both the dazzling blue glow and the tri- trio of sculptured shards are gone. In their place, resting at the bottom of the chest, is a stone statuette that depicts a thick tentacle wrapped around the hilt and pommel of a sword. A closer examination reveals the statuette is made out of the three shards you place in the chest. You promptly take possession of the curious object. A tentacle statuette. It's got an encumbrance of what? even though it's made out of three things within the encumbrance of one, because magic. This, scu- this ten- Scroogeum sculpture depicts a thick tentacle wrapped around what appears to be the hilt and pommel of a sword. Okay, now I can get away from this chest. Move to the east. Move to the east again. I've got to set the lever... To the centre, so I can actually do things in the northern chamber. All right, go north. All right, what? Let me go. Go north. You step beneath the arch and pass along an hour hall that leads you to a large rectangular room. A massive stone door is set in the art north yeah, north wall of this colossal rectangular torchlit chamber. In the centre of the cavernous space. And a two tiered stone dais, along the top of which rests a row of four sculptured pieces. An engraving on the floor, just above the womb's threshold, depicts a tentacle encircling an X. The X appears to be perfectly centered inside the car. Tentacle, move to the dais. Yep, tentacles there. Okay, use the tentacle statue. The instant you hold the tentacle statue above the empty impression, The statuette becomes impossibly heavy, drawing your hand downward and slamming the object into place. But better, as you withdraw your trembling hand, thankful the unexpected force of of its placement didn't break your wrist. You glance glance along the line of sculpture pieces, wondering at their origin and significance gazing along the line of statuettes invokes a strange sense of dread I'll examine the statues more closely we've got a thick tentacle wrapped around a feather a hook an eye a skull wrapped around the hilches love. the statues are oddly enough too heavy to lift it appears that each can be I see it it appears each can be rotated inside the circular question in which it lifts. All right, stop examining the statue. Let's look at the door again. Okay, an eye, a feather, and a skull. I guess those are the ones I rotate. Move to the dais. Right, examine the statue. Statue of the eye. Faint blue glow. Set third, all right. I the feather. You will take the third statuette, the one depicting a tentacle called around a feather. The first begins to emit a faint blue glow. All right. And now, last one, is the skull. So I take the skull. You will take the fourth statuette, the one depicting a tentacle called around a skull. The fourth begins to emit a faint blue glow. Okay, can I do anything at the door now? Alright. Okay. A stone square is set in the centre of the door, the side of which is a glowing line of three engraved symbols. It's an eye glowing, a feather glowing, and a skull glowing. There doesn't appear to be any readily identifiable means of opening door moves to the chamber entrance suddenly suddenly a glowing blue hatch appears on the right side of the door the the heavy iron wing affixed to a diamond shaped metal plate now and again vibrates ever so slightly alright pull the glowing hatch of course the instant you take hold of the glowing latch a surge of energy passes through your hand along your outstretched arm and swiftly spreads throughout your body the search, a jolting, altogether unpleasant episode, is swiftly supplanted by a tingling, rejuvenating sensation. I'm fully healed. Well, My stamina points are fully healed, and i never used any Neville Reserve yet. You only just started to tug at the hatch, tend to assess the effort required to open the door, when the massive slab of iron groans and it begins to swing outwards. Oh dear, but what's behind it? As the door slowly swings outwards, the glow from behind, grown from its hidden hinges, mingled with a strange, echoing babble from behind the iron door. Your head begins to swim and you momentarily lose all semblance of of coherent thought. Struggling back as you struggle to regain your senses, you're overcome by a wave of panic. Your every instinct tells you something horrific is about to come through the door. Despite your rising panic, you seem incapable of even considering retreat. You oh, get close the door, of course. You throw yourself against the massive stone door and quickly discover you're contending with an unearthly, inhuman might pushing on the opposite slide of the towering slab, calling upon your every reserve of strength. You struggle to keep the door from opening any further. Picking a number, bonus of 50. 20 from might, 20 from body, 10 from spirit. Got to get 100 or more, or the door will open anyway. Pick now. 45. You manage to momentarily prevent the door from opening any wider. But after several agonising seconds of strain, it it feels as if your back and knees are about to buckle. You fear your strength could give, give out at any moment. Continue to try and keep the door from opening further. Suddenly, betrayed by more force than you could ever hope to check, the door flies open, smashing into you and sending you toppling backwards. You land hard, striking the back of your head against the unforgiving floor. And violently driving the wind from your lungs. I've also, at some point, I've lost all my Neville reserve, bloodied, dead, dazed, but alive. You stagger to your feet, and fix your horrified gaze on the terrifying sight emerging from behind the iron door. A shooting, weaving mass of black tentacles, seemingly protruding from a bubbling mound of black slime, oozes out from behind the iron door accompanied by a vile cacophony of nightmarish din that echoes throughout the cavernous chamber. An eerie, distant glibbering reaches your, your ears, and through your certain unsettling sound does not originate with the hideous benemoth now surging towards you with rapid, rhythmic waves of motion, leaving its wake a thick trail of putrid black slime. As the, revo- As the revolting abomination bears down on you, the distant babbling, a fractured chorus of dismal notions, given voice, grows louder, making it increasingly difficult to remain focused on your approaching foe. Alright, picking a number. Bonus of 60. 20 from mind, 20 from spirit, 20 from aura. Gotta get 100 or more, or I go just a little bit mad. Pick now. 145. 51. Success. Your thoughts instinctively retreat behind a tam- timely series of barriers constructed by your s- psyche, defending your lucidity from the ravages of an ancient power wielded by a fearsome, assiduous, and eternal enemy. As the oozing mass of tentacles surges closer, the babbling voices again echo throughout the torchlit chamber. Alright, hold your ground and engage the tentacle horror. Or retreat to the dais. Well, I guess I will have to engage it. With, with the babbling voices uh, continuing to echo through the torchless chamber. The oozing mass of tentacles swiftly upon you. Lashing out with its many slimy tendrils. This attempts to tear you limb from glim. It's goble The vile. Begin combat. It's a 15-plus wall, so I don't think I'm supposed to fight it yet. Normal. The tentacle horror gurges wildly as it lashes out at you. A large tentacle suddenly snares you, squeezing you with bone-crushing force. I'm going to run away, run away, run away. Run away, run away. I get squeezed with bone-crushing force again for another 38 damage. You fall back beyond the range of the creature's lashing tentacles, narrowly avoiding the entity's deadly, frenzied attack. Without a second thought, you flee in the direction of the Dais. Dashing in a wide arc arc that sweeps you far to the right of the monstrous tentacled mass. You reach the Dais, breathing heavily. Much to your dismay, the nightmarish abomination Gurgling noises competing with an e- distant eerie babbling changes direction again, begins bearing down on you. Uh, move to the iron door. As you dash towards the door, a dazzling blue glow suddenly erupts from the surface of the iron slab. The symbols emblazoned on the door each emit several broad bands of piercing blue light that momentarily flood the chamber. Glancing over your shoulder, you witness the massive tentacle creature slow its pursuit and, and it and, sh- and it shudders violently as a bee as a bee as beams of light splash across the weaving frogs of its hideous bulk. It appears gobula has just sustained considerable damage. Okay, move as you reach the iron door. The bands of blue light animating from the symbols emblazoned on its surface suddenly go dark. With the nightmarish sound of the massive creatures repulsive gurgling drawing near, you turn to face the approaching abomination as it continues dragging itself towards you. To the dais! Dashing in a wide arc that sweeps you far to the left of the monstrous tentacled mass, you reach the dais, breathing heavily. To your dismay! A nightmarish abomination it's gurgling noises competing with the distant eerie baglet babbling changes direction and again begins bearing down on you right, to, to the chamber entrance as you draw it to the chamber entrance the opening suddenly vanishes unable to curb your momentum you throw out your hands and manage to prevent yourself from stumbling headlong into the wall that now exists where the passage was only moments ago of course, of course you can't run. With the dim, grim echoes of the horrid creature's incessant gurgling, sounds mingled with the din of distant laughter ringing in your ears, you spin to face the approaching abomination as it drags itself towards you. Uh, to the dais! You dash you in a wide arc that swoops far to the left of the monstrous tentacled mass. You reach... You reach the dais, breathing heavily, much to dismay. The nightmarish abomination, its gurgling noises competing with a distant, eerie babbling, Charges, changes direction and once again begins bearing down on you. Alright, to the iron door! As you dash towards the door, a dazzling blue glow suddenly erupts from the surface of the iron slab. The symbols emblazoned on the door each admit several broad bands of piercing, piercing light. That momentarily flood the chamber. Hmm. I don't. I think this chamber, it wasn't dust for summoning. It's a trap. Glancing over your shoulder, you witness the massive tentacle creature slow its pursuit, and shudders violently as the beams of light splash across the weaving folds of its hideous bulk. It appears Gobliot has just sustained considerable damage. Right, to the dais, dashing in a wide arc that sweeps you far to the right of the monster's tentacled mats, you witch the dais, breathing heavily. Much to dismay, the nightmarish abomination, its gurgling noises competing with the distant, eerie babbling, changes direction and begins bearing down on you, to the iron door. Okay, you dash. Towards the door, a dazzling blue glow suddenly erupts from the surface of the iron slab. The symbols emblazoned on the door each emit several broad bands of piercing blue light that momentarily flood the chamber. Glancing over your shoulder, you witness the massive tentacle creature slow its pursuit and shudders violently as beams of, of light splash across the weaving folds of its hideous book. It appears goble sustain considerable damage. Okay. As you breach the iron door, the bands of blue light emanating from the symbols and blades on its surface suddenly go dark. With the nightmarish sound of the creature's repulsive gurgling drawing near, you turn to face the approaching abomination as it continues dragging itself towards you. To the dias. Dashing in a wide arc that seeps far to the left of the monstrous tentacle mass, you witch the dais, breathing heavily, much to your dismay, the nightmarish abomination, it's gurgling noises competing with an eerie, distant eerie babbling, changes direction and again bearing down to you. To the door Alright, it gets zapped again Please continue To the Dais To the door he gets zapped again To the Dais To the door get zapped again okay well suddenly okay I think it I think this tentacle has had enough of being zapped the vaulting ode of burning flesh fills the chamber with beams of blue light appear to shear the creatures oozing bulk. the tentacle horror suddenly. Shudders and halts advance, realizing you've been afforded an opportunity you may not again have. You rush forward, hoping to finish off the repugnant abomination. It's—I guess it's—it's not—it's not, it's not gonna—it's not just gonna walk into this trap again. So I've got—so I've got to finish it off. Despite its apparent weakened state, the oozing mass of tentacles. A vile, otherworldly devour upon all upon which it descends its malevolent gaze, wears up as you draw within melee range. With the babbling voices continuing to echo throughout the torturous chamber, the abomination appears to summon its last reserve of strength as it lashes out wildly with its slimy tentacles. It's Gobula the Vile. And I'm going to run from it again. The tentacled horror gurgles wildly as it lashes out at you. Flee! You fall back beyond the range of the teacher's lashing tentacles, narrowly avoiding the entity's deadly frenzied attack. Stumbling over the grown feet, you turn and flee towards the chamber's entrance. Alright, yeah, and I'm running away again. The grim, the grim echoes of the horrid teacher's incessant gurgling sounds mingle with the din of distant laughter winging your, e- your ears, You spin to face the approaching abominations that drags itself towards you. To the dais. Okay. It keeps going out It keeps charging me to the door. It sustains considerable damage suddenly. Okay. Time to fight it. Gobula the vile. Alright, it it's been it's been weakened. It's now it's gone from an eleven plus to a nine plus. I think I can still weaken it more. Alright, to the Dias. To the door. Considerable damage. Alright, I rush forward. Gobular the vial. Cat can I can I hurt it some more? Oh ooh, a large tentacle suddenly snares you. Squeezing you with bone crushing force for fifty-four damage. All right, to the dias, to the door. Considerable damage. Suddenly, finish off the opponent of Gobula the var. Okay, this looks like it's as hard as it's getting. All this wandering around has got me very wounded. I'll use a quick stone. The tentacle horror gurgles wildly as it lashes out at you. Yeah, I think this is as easy as it gets. I went into Battle Wage. Because I've really had quite enough with this thing. The Tentacled Horror. Gerg is it his altitude. Yeah, I keep giving it a bash. Bash, 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 bash. Oh, I did a special, but I forgot to weed it out. The large tentacle suddenly snares you, squeezing you with bone-crushing force for 37 damage, but it is slain. Just 11 XP. Goblugra, a near-immortal terror whose every twisted thought is ever bent on the pain, suffering and defiling of all that is good and virtuous shudders violently as its many tentacles slump lifelessly to the floor. A sickening, gurgling sound rises out of the inky, gelatinous mass at the core of the repugnant creature, and a nauseating stench drifts from the abhorrent, quivering heap. You're witnessing the final death throes of an entity that long sought to deliver its wanton malevolence to this world and countless others. Were it not for the long, thankless diligence of its hopelessly weary keeper, and ultimately you, it would most certainly have succeeded in doing so. The gurgling sound rising from the core of gor- 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 grass hideous carcass slows and ultimately ceases, replaced by a soft sound which you can only describe as a scent. As akin to the noise made by muck settling into muck settling into a f, into a bog, thick streams of black slime begin to seep from the great terror's lifeless tentacles. Nearly driven, driven to wretching by the foul odor emanating from the entity's remains, you're about to turn your attention to escaping from these grim surroundings. When a sudden flash of white light floods the massive chamber, the light swiftly fades and your gaze is immediately drawn to a glowing wooden door hovering only inches off off the floor several yards to your right. With a a faint glow followed by a wasping streak of all strong hinges, the door begins to open. You instinctively draw yourself into a defensive stance, prepared to face whatever might emerge from an opening door. You've had a few bad things come through magical appearing doors recently. Seconds later, when the door is nearly halfway open, you're startled to see a woman in green robes step out from behind the glowing slab. Her blazing green eyes, their notable luminescence piercing the shadow cast by her bulky hold, Seems as angular as the west of her chiselled face, lending her flesh a look that suggests carved stone. She regards you with a curt nod, before turning to gaze upon the foul remains of Gobrouguer. It is as I foretold. She, it is as I foretold. She says, her soft voice without detectable detect, detectable accent. I should not have been. So worried, I might have trusted the prophecies, for they are seldom wrong. You must forgive my lapse. I was its keeper, and on my watch it escaped the ageless cave. and was free to roam wherever its camelous bloodhose guided it. You attempt to focus your stare on the woman's face produces a strange result. Her bright green eyes momentarily flare before suddenly going dark, casting her shrouded head into deep shadow, preventing you from seeing anything of her odd, angular visage. It is now vanquished, and will no longer trouble your world, or any to which it might have next sought to worm. she says. You've done a great deed, but do not expect accolades from those whose lives and lying joys have spared. If they knew... They will not remember. These matters, however unfortunate, are best handled in places like this. Out of time, out of place, out of mind. You ask the hooded woman about his place, about the creature you just defeated, about the strange door marked with an X in the demon dactyl. And no, no. I know nothing at all about this place, and nothing about the door you describe, she says with a flat accent. I only know that I was its keeper, and it evaded me, and nearly brought to ruin everything. You have spared reality, that dark fate. You've righted the course of this meandering ship, and I dare say we are to sail on, under a veil of stars to the end of it all. The woman steps back and appears as if she's about to disappear behind the glowing door when she suddenly raises her white hand and earnestly beckons to you. I may not know anything about this place, she says, and I very much doubt you wish, but I very much doubt you wish to remain here. Follow after me, and you will again find your own time and place. Some st- though some things might not be quite as you remember them. Hmm. Well, that's okay. Some things are bad. Instinctively trusting the woman, you move to her side as oh, only a moment before she slips behind the glowing door and vanishes in a flash of white light. After taking one last look about the cavernous torture chamber, you follow her lead and step behind the door, when you are immediately engulfed by, by by, the same blinding flare. Then, everything goes black, but in a good way. You wake with a start and behold several pairs of eyes staring down at you. Slowly, his surroundings come to focus and you realise you're lying on the floor, in the middle of the demon dactyl's common room, looking up at the ceiling for a wing of concerned faces. All right, that's enough now, barks a familiar voice. Give him some room, you lot. I'll get him to his feet. Go on, out of the way! As the circle of patrons disperses, the burly tavern keeper appears on your white and shoots down his thick hand, which you promptly gasp. After being hauled to your feet, you lean against the back of the chair and steady yourself. Nasty sort of spill that was, as firmly as shaking his head. What are those loose pegs on on the floor? Perhaps an nail. I'll get on it and fix it up. We can't have folks tripping all, all over here, after all. Might have turned out worse. You don't look so bad, though. Are you sure you're all right? You're sure, Fagin, you're fine. So, so, as your memories of the incident with the strange... strange lair behind the do-not-open door. Your battle with the tentacled horror. And your encounter with the hooded women Come flooding back Your head begins to swim Have a seat and I'll fetch you some paleo He says he says turning and making his way To the far side of the womb Suddenly As you gaze about the common room, Wincing as you realise your apparent spell Has incurred you at least some measure of discomfort Your eyes fall upon the do not open door much your astonishment, the large blue Le X, the longer dawned, the door's age-worn timbers is no longer there. His place is a long, jagged mar, which you have to believe is the result of casting the gansing, gansing blow of a bladed weapon. You immediately move to the door, eager to take a closer look. Standing before the marred door, you diligently run your fingers along the length of the jagged diagonal gash that crosses all three of its worn planks. A crude iron wing affixed to the door's white serves as its latch. Suddenly, Firmgin appears at your side and thrusts a steaming mug of paleo into your welcoming hands. The old mark draws more attention than anything I know, he says staring thoughtfully at the deep scar on the door. Must have been a sword by the looks of it. An axe would have bitten too deep, and not left so long a But who laid the blow? And what, or who, was the intended target? We'll never know. I'm convinced of that, but some things are better left unknown. Soon, some better forgotten. You ask Fergin about the blue X and refers to the door as the do not open door. He looks confused and shrugs. You might have charged yourself more than you're letting on, he says, shaking his head. That gorge is the only thing that ever's been on that door. A pity, too, because it spoils the whole look of the thing.
1: Hmm.
2: I'm thinking, in this timeline, his grandfather, if. Iv- he might well be okay. That'd be a good thing, wouldn't it? His grandfather, and more definitely him, and probably his dad and his brothers and sisters. yet yeah, they might all be okay. Okay, then I don't know if all that happened. Why is he still here? well, you know, like tavern keeping, it's a pretty decent profession. Realising that Thurgim has no memory of the X that previously marked the door, make a few quick inquiries to satisfy your own curiosity. Your carefully worded questions about the engraved stone disc, the blue smoke that now and again then seeped from under the door, and the strange tentacle creature that attempted to push its way out from behind the slab, all result in the tavern keeper shaking his head and shrugging. Not to sound dismissive, he says, but I think you might have had quite a dream. or you were... you were out. A bit of rest and some more payo will probably help set things right. Neither could do any harm. Hmm. Is it a dream? If it is a dream, do I still have these keys? Yes, yes, I still have the keys. It's definitely, definitely happened. I have the keys! Hmm, which I really expected to be destroyed at some point, but oh well. Attempting, attempting to downplay the seriousness of your inquiries, given Fermion's reaction to them, you jokingly suggest you should open the door to forever settle the implausibility of your wild imaginings. Fergiem immediately tenses, straightens up and shakes his head. I don't think that would be wise, he says, nervously glancing glancing from the use of the door. We best leave it alone. No, I have to know. I have to open the marred door. Fergum gasps and takes a step full step towards you as you reach for the door, only to stay his hand at the last possible moment. Gasping the, wall, the door's iron hatch, you give it a solid tug, and the sturdy wooden slab springs towards you, its hinges groaning, as the dark secret of this long-guarded is at last laid bare. Momentarily a gasp at the towering mass about to spill out from behind the door, you immediately leap to the side, hoping you've acted in time. Alright, picking a number. Bonus of forty. Twenty from agility. Ten from body. Ten for luck got to get 75 or more, or be crushed by a towering mass of something, perhaps a tentacle monster. Pick now 55. Failure. Clatter. Bash. Crash. Bang. Bong. Bing. Boom. Bonk. A, cl- a clattering delonge of balloons, buckets, wooden planks, broken chairs, empty casks, and other debris. Tumbles out from behind the door and lands on you, knocking you to the floor. In a final insult, a cracked tankard rolls off the top of the pile. Pile now covering you, and glances off, glances off the side of your head. Bonk. Fergin, wincing, sheepishly reaches down and pulls you from the pile. I've been beating to. Get round to attending to this, he says. The tavern keeper is profoundly apologetic and tells you he intends to clean up the closet as soon as possible. Shameful to have a hazard like that about, he says. I'll tend to that. Have no fear. Phone Gim seems eminently relieved when with good humour you accept his apology. I think we'll all have just a bit more pay he says. Coaxing you away from the door and over to an open table near the fire you need to put those feet up and warm yourself the fire, the fire will take care of the outside and the payload will do the inside just sit back here and we'll be back after snatching away your mug which was still almost full the burly tavern, tavern keeper scurries off to fetch more of the strong black streaming be- steaming beverage Sitting and talking with Thurgin for the better part of an hour, warming yourself by the fire, and seeping from the seemingly endless flow of pay, sipping from the endless seemingly endless flow of palea the tavern keeper's frequent frequent trips to the kitchen produces, you're mindful of how fortunate you are to return safe and strong from a strange adventure. The two of you stare at a good long laugh about the avalanche from behind the marred door. And Fergum again promises to work work to work at straightening up the supply closet. The dark dark powers of this world pale in comparison to an untidy heap on the ver- verge of a topple, he says, laughing. I'll get that all squared away. Never mind never never you mind anything about it. Despite your temptation to bring him into confidence regarding your adventure beyond the door that's no longer there, you decide to make no mention of the strange incident. Some things, Eweesian, are best kept close. Well, it's good to see you've suffered no known effects from that force," says Fergin, as he rises from the table and announces that he needs to return to his duties. You'll be all right. Stay close to the fire and keep sipping that paleo. Fire's good for all malware things, and recovering from a mishap like you had is certainly among them. As the tavern keeper departs, you decide to heed a device and stretch your feet out towards the fire. In the warm glow of the hypnotic gaze, surrounded surrounded and comforted by the din that fills the tavern, you begin to nod off, thankful to be back safe and sound in the familiar confines of the demon dactyl. As the days go by, your recollection of the events leading up to and including your adventure behind the, behind the do not open door becomes somewhat less vivid. You begin to question your own memory as related to certain parts of the disturbing episode. It becomes clear that neither Fergum or any of, any of the tavern's faithful patrons all of whom you readily recall having witnessed multiple incidents involving the door, and the smoke, remember anything at all about the strange happenings. Virgim never again speaks of the curse as supposedly followed his line, line, and you make a conscious effort to avoid mentioning it, though you're quite sure the very notion of such a thing would bewilder him. And so the demon Dactyl continues on, as well-respected establishments do, no longer plagued by eerie noises, untimely vapours, curiously emblazoned doors, and the narrowly avoid- avoided incursions of malevolent otherworldly entities. The air flows, flows the paleo-steams, the tantalising aroma of succulent dishes fills the air, and walker's merriment carries on long into the many nights that follow. Times are good at the Demon Dactyl. Better, in fact, than they've ever been. And that finishes the end of this adventure. 2,048 experience to general. 148 experience to all skills and powers. Pretty good, pretty good. What does the Mardor do now? Standing before the Door. You gently run your fingers across along the length of the jagged diagonal gash that crosses all three of its worn planks. A crude iron wing affixed to the door's white edge serves as its latch. Having already experienced a potential peril of opening the door to what serves as the in-supply closet, you hesitate to again do so. Ah, oh, of course I'm going to do so. With a slight squeal from its dry hinges, the marred door slowly swings open. With the door standing fully open, you get you gaze in upon a supply closet in dire need of straightening. Booms, buckets, wooden planks, broken chairs, empty casks, and other debris are tossed heaped and scattered throughout the cluttered space. Seems Fergium has yet to tend to the closet. Oh, well, at least nothing fell on me. You close the door and step away. Okay. What does the statue do now? Yep. It doesn't seem to do anything. A small, gray triangle... Adorns the statue's sorted of place. Open the marred door. Open the marred door again. Yep, yep, everything's back to normal. Leave the tavern. Now there's one more thing to look at. Outside the tavern, nearby, an old man wearing a tattered green hat is seated on a tree stump. He glances in your direction and nods in a friendly manner. Approach the old man. The old, the old man smiles as he approaches and straightens himself up, poking at the shock of white hair protruding from beneath the edges of his tattered green cap. Berherk of Westkith, he says, tipping his hat to you. I've seen you around here a bit. You're making quite a name for yourself. No mistake about it, Berk, Ber- a famous fixture in and around the demon datchel, is is known for his long and only semi-taught plausible tales of adventure, which he happily tells to anyone willing to listen. Move a yarn, he asks. I've got more stories crammed into my whole head than anyone ought to have. Not all my stories, mind. But but if I've got one talent, it's for remembering things. All sorts of things. Ask Burk to tell you a story. After a lot... After a long, very long while. And at last, says Berkig, as he concludes his long-witted tale. According to what I've heard, the wandering sorcerer stumbled upon the enchanted book and vacated the dark peep, after which he lived a long and happy lappy, happy, life. Wait, sorceress? He? Eh, yeah. oh, well, that just happens. Berkig sits back and nods at you. All I've just said is the truth, or at least, as it was presented to me, he says. Can any of it be proved? I very much doubt. There's more to life than digging for proof under every stone, so I've always felt. Burkip seems prepared to embark upon the telling of another tale, and you politely hint that you must presently take your leave here. Of course, he says, smiling. Just remember the lesson learned from the story I've just told. Those lessons are timeless and worth their weight in gold. Fare thee well, and always look out for yourself. With that, you bid him farewell and prepare to set off on your way. I can approach him again, ask him for another story, and so it was, says Birkin, as he concludes his long-winded tale. According to what I tossed heard, the desperate sorcerer found the ancient book and escaped the shadowy keep after which he returned home to a hero's welcome. Yeah, and then everything else is the same. Okay, one more, one more of his tales. And so it was, says Berwick as he concludes his long-winded tale. According to what I've heard, the heroic maid secured the glowing amulet and sneaked out of the dark tomb, after which she mysteriously vanished and that that's that there's there's a there's, there's a huge number of stories there you know all randomly generated anyhow so next time we'll be visiting yet another of the player owned taverns this one being the next one i think will be the groggy giant tavern and until then Farewell, fellow adventurers.
1: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient.